Welcome back, students, to the Lore of the Iron Kingdoms with me, Professor Castor. Today, we're actually talking about the Circle of Oberos and their Gargantuan War Beast. And for all of you that do not know, Gargantuan War Beasts are War Beasts that are not a 30 millimeter. They're not a 40 millimeter. They're not a 50 millimeter. They are a 120 millimeter wide base, which they are, well, Gargantuan compared to any other War Beast on the size scale. And before we begin, another thank you to Privateer Press for letting us read their phenomenal lore. And these guys are not in Mark IV just yet. I imagine they're probably trying to balance these things out because these things are monstrous on the battlefield, which means they probably unbalance things pretty quickly. So there's probably a lot of work going into any of the Gargantuan or the Colossals via War Machine. And as always, if you're enjoying this podcast or YouTube, please like, share, subscribe, do all that fun stuff because that helps us grow the channel, helps us get out to a little bit more of the War Machine community so we can get this steam-powered train rolling. Alrighty, first up is the Storm Raptor, Circle of Gargantuan War Beast. This thing is a ginormous eagle, I'm going to assume, because he's not a griffin per se, because griffins usually walk on hind legs. This thing's more of just a direct flyer, at least as far as I can tell. I have not actually run into this thing before, thank goodness, because he looks terrifying. But let's begin. This terrible bird of prey soars over battlefields of Immorin, rife with electrical energies, its silhouette blotting out the sun while its keen eye scans for those who would oppose the will of its master. Captive lightning flickers through its feathers to be unleashed in blinding arcs of volatile energy. As the raptor dives upon its prey, talons extend for the kill. Native to the desolate northern stormlands, this great beast makes its home on the steppe cliffs faces of the abyss. It is superb hunter and spends much of its time circling amid the harsh storms common to the region. Using their frequent electrical discharges to cloak its approach to prey, typically deep drakes and other sizable denizens of the vast and treacherous wasteland, solitary storm raptors often clash with archidons in territorial feuds in the skies above the desert, rending the air with their cries. Storm raptors were utilized by early blackclads as beasts of war, but their existence has been forgotten for centuries before omnipotent Mazar called attention to them once more. His subordinates spent years studying the breeding patterns and habits of the creatures before moving to seize hatchlings when their nests were unguarded. Through much daring is required by the druids tasked with capturing storm raptors for the circle. More is demanded of those who commit their lives to training them. Such blacklads must work with their beasts from a young age, learning the delicate balance between asserting their authority and exhibiting wary respect. These druids discovered early that to show fear, particularly when dealing with fully grown storm raptors, is to risk immediate loss of limb and life. Druids who live to be veteran handlers often bear extensive scarring from close calls. When battle is joined, storm raptors can be found where the fighting is thickest. It is here that the majestic beast unleashes the electrical charges built up in their bodies and sends arc of electricity, lightning crackling through the rank of the enemies. Trees are set alight, the earth is scorched black, and combatants hit by the voltaic energies are left smoldering where they stand. With these winged beasts come the fury of the Stormlands, which, through the dedication of the Blacklads, has come to serve the will of the Circle Oberos. 
And these things are shocking to say the least. Because <laughs> the jokes, because they're an electric eagle, basically. So let's read over the Mark III of these guys just to kind of see what they are. Hopefully they and Mark IV will maintain a lot of these abilities. I'm not sure. I haven't seen any Gargantuan or Colossals in Mark IV yet. Or even an inkling of when they're going to be coming out. Alrighty, Mat 5, which is pretty normal for Gargantuans. Rat 6, which is a little bit better for Gargantuans. Uh, defense 12, which is huge for Gargantuan, because a lot of the more hulky ones usually have a pretty low defense to begin with. Uh, armor 18, uh, this guy possesses a lightning weapon, which makes sense since he's a bird. Range 12, power 14, very nice. Uh, he has a beak, of course, because he is a giant bird. Uh, power strength 18, talent 17, talent 17's got two of them, makes sense. Uh, this guy is very expensive at 38 points, at least before they did the redo for Mark IV. We'll see how that plays out. Alright, and some special abilities on this guy. Of course, he can fly, and of course, he has immunity to electricity. Uh, he also has Plasma Nimbus, which if anybody hits him, they get electrocuted, which makes sense since this guy well, connects a lot of electricity. Uh, his Lightning Shot ability is Lightning Generator, which means if he hits somebody, it arcs off to a bunch of other models too, which can cause all sorts of just mayhem and awfulness. Uh, also, he has reload on that too, so he can be forced to shoot that power 14 thing again. Also, following along the electricity abilities, uh, his beak even has Electro Leap, so if he bites somebody with it, it'll also jump off as well, and as well as his talons are also causing electrical leaps as well. So, he does a lot of uh, splash damage, basically. And its animus is phenomenal for anybody that also uses electricity. Because it is Skyfire, which basically gives a plus two to attack and plus two to damage rolls for electricity attacks while within the spellcaster's command range. Which is, well, disturbing, especially since it says anybody, so he considers himself a friendly faction model, which, you know, then it kicks his stuff up to a pal 14 on... Well, all of that stuff, especially since his electric gunshot would also boost up to a POW 16 and hit him up to a RAT 8, which makes him into a sniper, basically. Also, with the arcs jumping around, I believe that would make it a POW 12 for the arcs of damage that jump off, off this thing. So, very, very bad for anybody who has a lack of immunity to electricity, which is pretty much everybody. Alrighty, well, I hope we never have to run into this guy, but I'm sure we will. Because, well, Circle Obros gets bigger and bigger every battle, so we'll see what happens in the future. Let's move on. Alrighty, let's move on to the Wold Wrath. And for anybody who remembers how wolds are made, I can't imagine the amount of blood and stone that went into this ginormous... Well, I would call it a monstrosity, but it's a gargantuan, because monstrosities are their own particular thing in the War Machine universe, as we will find out later in the series. Boldrath, Circle Gargantuan Warbeast. The Circle Oberos has entered the end times, when it must launch the full force of planned centuries in the making, and unleash ancient arsenals. Among the greatest of its weapons are the Boldraths, which must be brought forth to the battle lines and pitted against the many forces that would see the world plunged into darkness. A Woldwrath stands at the towering monument to world crafting prowess, meant to tap into the and unbind the unlimited fury of Oberos, brought to life amid strenuous blood-fueled rituals conducted atop powerful leyline junctures. A Woldwrath channels the vast energies that flow within the earth, 
a tempestuous assault are prefaced by voltaic flickers that play along darkening clouds above and the pulsing runes inscribed across the stone form. In the aftermath of its summoned storm, all that remains of its enemies are charred and smoldering husks scattered upon the rain-drenched ground. The Waldraths were built not simply to siphon the power flowing through the bodies of Orboros to drive their myriad functions, but also to store it for later use, able to hold that energy in reserve and then direct it at enemy forces. A handful of Waldraths are created to stand against the threats on the scale of dragons, which had rapidly become a growing threat. When the Orgoth invaded Western Amoran, the druids of the Circle Obros were scarcely more prepared than the warring city-states. The Circle avoided direct contact with the invaders whenever possible, but the Orgoth witches were drawn to the sites of power the Blackclads had erected. Seeking to exploit them for their own dark rites, the Orgoth launched many brutal raids to that end, forcing the Circle to fight bitterly in a largely futile attempt to defend them. The Waldraths inflicted a heavy toll upon the invaders in those battles, virtually all of which went unrecorded. The most awesome of these clashes occurred in the Battle of the Nine Stones in what would become Western Signar, where the druids sent five Waldraths against the host of Orgoth. Although the Blacklads were ultimately defeated, the battle has set back the Orgoth conquest by decades. In time, the Orgoth began to lose their foothold in Western Amoran. The Circle again deployed the Waldraths to expel the invaders from places stolen from them. The Circle eventually withdrew the surviving Waldraths to their most remote fascinesses. Escalating conflict has forced the Omnipotence of the Circle to unleash their great weapon again. Ancient weathered Waldraths have been drawn from their resting places even as new ones are created. Like old wolds, the wold rats must be created according to exacting rituals. Indeed, tremendous power is required to animate such huge constructs. The wold rats' wood and stone frame must be ceremonially imbued with the blood and life at a nexus of ley lines during the key astronomical conjunctions. Fresh blood is harvested from battles and delivered onto these productions alongside freshly quarried stone and gathered timber. Off the battlefield, Waldrats serve as mobile replacements for the permanent standing stones situated at sites of great power, helping members of the circle tap into energy of ley lines. It is in combat, however, the construct fulfills their terrible promise. As a Waldrats closes in on the enemy, it discharges destructive lightning. Emanations so great the whole thunderstorms gather about the construct and linger even as battle ends. While nearby druids leverage the power to augment their own natural magic, the Waldrats smash the circle's challenges into wreckages. Roused in battle, it enacts the will of the Blackclads and of Orboros itself. I've actually gone up against a Waldrath numerous times, actually. These things are definitely a powerhouse and it always pays to actually have a colossal yourself to take this thing on or another gargantuan because taking this thing out by yourself with a bunch of smaller war jacks does not do very much because well, this thing is heavy hard and you know super difficult to do damage to and not only that but the circle's use of black clans this thing makes them all power up to 11 they can hit better they can hit harder they can hit more accurately 
And whenever you're in battle, you do not need to be giving your enemies any kind of benefits. So this thing is one of those things that you're going to try to take on if you can. But, you know, most likely you're not going to be able to take him down because he is a powerhouse of a model. But let's go over his Mark III rendition because Mark IV has not been graded yet. He has Lightning Strike as well. A range 14, which is about the same as a sniper's range. POW 15, which is unfortunate and uh, also has an aoe5 aoe5 of course has changed into the no mark 4 because the new aoe rules have changed quite a bit moving on from that uh, he still has his double stone fist a power strength 19 so he is just tearing through most war beasts with ease and lord forbid you are a standard soldier trying to fight this guy mano a mano because he is just going to move right through you as most wolds do, he has Hyper Regeneration, which allows him to heal D3 every beginning of his activation. He has Sacred Ward, so you can't target him with any kind of spells to slow him down or allow your damage to go through any more smoothly. Um, his Lightning Strike has, of course, its Electrical Field, which uh, not only does it, you know, hit people and do all sorts of damage, it also leaves an AoE in play for a round. So... And that OEOE deals damage to people, so that's a uh, nice crowd control thing. Also, he, his stone fists have Earth Shaken, which means if he hits you, you center a 4-inch AoE on, on, the, on the person hit, and then everybody in the AoE is knocked down, which for somebody with a mat of 6, being able to knock people down when it hits, and everybody within 4... You can kind of target that to lower defense models and knock down everybody and just, you know, go ham with your POW-19 fists. Uh, his animus is every everybody in his faction gains an additional die to their magic attack rolls within 10 inches, which means they're going to hit whatever they're trying to hit because he basically boosts magic in his 10-inch space. Yeah, this thing is terrifying. Um... I'm not sure why they pulled them out of their old stuff. Probably because after they, after a certain warlock in their order probably started waking back up the dragons, they decided, oh, you know what we need? Giant things that could take on dragons. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is terrifying. These guys were brought back out. I don't like seeing them on the battlefield unless, of course, we have a colossal with us, but... You know, we can't really lower this guy with any kind of spells since he just, you know, they just fling him off. Oof, yeah, this guy is a scary, scary one. Alrighty, but for now, that will do it, and that will actually clear up every war beast for the Circle Obros. Starting next week for, or not next week, but, you know, when we get to it, we're going to be actually going through all the sub-factions, all the units and solos and characters in certain areas. I'm not sure if we're going to start with their Tharn, their Wolf Sworn, or just the general black clad units. But we will figure out which one and then we'll just be doing the entire, the entirety of that particular sub arsenal in one video. So probably split it in three videos or four depending on if there's any other random bits that these guys have. But as always, thank you so much for listening to our podcast slash YouTube channel. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, fellow gamers about it, as your homework usually dictates. And as always, thank you, Privateer Press, for letting us read your fantastic lore. And, class, dismissed. <laughs>